This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is Chief Conti of the Metropolitan Police Department, and I need your help to curb impaired driving. This highly preventable behavior is the cause of almost half of DC's traffic fatalities. Let's commit to never drive under the influence and always have a plan for a sober ride. DC police are enforcing impaired driving laws, so don't risk an unnecessary DUI. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and the Metropolitan Police Department. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now, we have a very special guest. It's Emily Drakeley from Birmingham Fan TV. This is our preview of Fulham versus Birmingham City. I needed an expert, so I went to Emily to join us today and talk about this upcoming match for Fulham against Birmingham City on Saturday. Before we do anything else, I want to welcome Emily to the Cottage Talk Facebook page. This will also be a podcast later on, but we are doing a live video. If you're watching this live with us, and I hope you are, please feel free to share any comments and also your prediction for the match if you want, and I might get to it. So, Emily, before we do anything else, welcome to Cottage Talk. How are you doing? Well, thank you for having me. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining me. Before we go on any further, tell us a little bit about Birmingham Fan TV, which you're a part of. And then also just give us a little background about your love for Birmingham City. Okay, so I started Birmingham Fan TV with my partner, James. Um, We've been together like three years and we've been doing the channel for two years. So it's been progressing with us. 
Um, and we basically do match previews, reviews, uh, podcasts. We do pretty much everything around Birmingham City, try and make graphics, just try and get fans involved um, and give fans a voice. Um, and we're trying to progress with the channel as well. Um, my love of Birmingham City. So I grew up in an area. Uh, I've got quite a different accent to most people from Birmingham because I'm okay. not actually from there. Um, I come from the southwest and I met James and he took me to a game where I come from football isn't really a thing. Um, it was more rugby and I'm not into that. So I went to the game and I just fell in love with the stadium, the atmosphere, the fans, everything about it just made me feel at home, which was a really weird sensation. Right. And... I was hooked. And then next thing I know, I've got a season ticket, I've got the shirt, That's I've right. got everything. And I was going week in, week out, and I haven't haven't stopped, and I've just been obsessed with it. That's wonderful. And, like, uh, you and I talked about off-air, and I'm just going to share this. I think it's wonderful that you can share this with James, you know, your love, your love of Birmingham City. And now, like you said, you're doing this video series, which is excellent. And I've watched more than a few of them, and uh, you guys do a great job. So I'm so happy that you're going to spend a little time with me talking about Birmingham City and also obviously talking about Fulham. But let's start by talking about Birmingham City. So let's start here, okay? Give me your thoughts on Birmingham City's season so far, but let's do it pre-lockdown. Let's do it pre-lockdown because then we'll talk about what has happened since the lockdown. But let's talk about the season up to that point. Cool. So – it's been a turbulent season again, I think, because Gary Monk was sacked at the end of last season, almost in pre-season, in the transitional time. Um, and then we had Pepletet, who was his second man, uh, put right. in charge of like a temporary manager. Um, and he wasn't given the permanent title until about October, November time. Um, but we started off the season very it was odd. We were losing by 3-0 three, three and playing reasonably well in some games and suddenly something turned and I think it was the signing of Jeremy Bella, really, and we ended up going on like a 12-13 game unbeaten streak towards uh, January, February time and that was only ended by the Leicester FA Cup game. So, okay. It, it's been a very weird season. The worst part of our season was when we lost our two main centre-backs, which are Jake Clark-Salter, who's on loan from Chelsea, and Mark Roberts. And we had um, Harley Dean in, who's technically our captain, right. um, and Wes Harding or Gerardo Bajrami, or We had sort of a makeshift back line, and that's where our issues started to come in. And during that time, we had the matches like the 3-2 loss at home to West Brom and the 5-4 loss at home to Leeds, where actually going forward we weren't that bad and our midfield was probably our best part um but then the signing of Scott Hogan in January on loan from Villa has been incredible for us he just came and uh, the first game he played was actually on my birthday and he scored and I was like oh that's great (laughs) and then from there we were getting better and better and better. The game before lockdown was the 3-1 loss to Reading at home and that was a game but we stopped from the majority of and we just and conceded the goals and but that just sums up our season really we've made a lot of progress from where we were um but it, it does it was screaming to us that we are lacking in so many places if we want to actually progress and we're in a similar spot to last season pre-lockdown uh we were in a similar spot but 
yeah, it's been an indifferent but progressful season, if that makes any sense at all. It does. It, it actually does. And uh, I want to ask you about the situation with your manager because because uh, I've been, you know, again, I don't watch you in an, each and every week. And uh, it's been interesting because I think I even saw Slavisa Jokanovic being rumored to be <laughs> your manager, which, which, again, if you had the opportunity, I would say jump on that. But What's been going on with the manager situation? Let's talk about that for a little bit. So it's been quite peculiar, really. So Pep Plitet was given the permanent role until, well, he was given the permanent role after he had the whole temporary manager hoo-ha situation. Um, And then it came out a few weeks ago that he was actually going to be leaving the role. And that was a big big shock for me. Um, And I remember saying to James, I got the notification from our Twitter kept leaving and him being in disbelief as well and it was just so unexpected because I thought that we'd become we'd come a long way with him and we we're beginning to implement his style of play what he wanted to yeah. do and make changes to the team I think with Covid and with the lockdown and him being separated from his family for a longer period of time played an impact on his decision I mean I don't know it's any speculation but we seem to think that he's going to go back to Spain or go wherever he is with his family. Um, so to be fair, it's a decision that is out of our hands and wish him all the best because it's been a horrible time, let's be honest. So if that's what he wants to do, no yeah. problem at all. But now we are in a situation where we don't know who we're going to get. We are struggling at the moment and the players especially for the last game, it doesn't look like a team you'd want to come in and manage. Um, okay. Like, no respect to the players or anything, really, but it's just looking a bit temperamental at the moment, and I don't know who we're going to get. So, Emily, do you think the situation with the manager is causing some of this? Absolutely, yeah. I think because, obviously, Pep's leaving and there's no manager in place, the players don't really have too much to play for. Yeah. We are slipping down that table and getting into those relegation sort of battles again, which we do not want because we have done so well and built these foundations. But because obviously they're not playing to impress anyone, I think that's probably in the back of their minds. Um, but hopefully, we've had talks of Hewton coming in, which he was a manager a long time ago for us and did brilliantly but we don't think he's going to come back. Um, Jukanovic, apparently he's too expensive um, because of his wages that he's currently on. We'd have to borrow him out of the contract, blah, blah. Um, And then we've had talks of Lee Boya, who I personally would love to have. Yeah, I Um, think that would be a good fit for you. Yeah, he's done so well with Charlton, and especially being an ex-player, I think he'd be great. But the board want promotional experience, so I don't know. It's it's going to be a tough one, and I have no idea who they're going to pick to be manager. I think I even heard the name Nigel Clough mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) I could tell your reaction to that one. Yeah, I mean, for me, it would just be a massive sidestep. I think the board have said so much that, that they want this promotion experience. And let's be honest, he's not really had... That in the championship, I, I want to be polite, but I don't think yeah, that I, would be a, a, an improvement for us. He'd just be a, another pep. Um, so if the board want improvements, don't get Clough. But 
the way that we are at the moment with everything going on, yep. it wouldn't surprise me. And I'd actually kind of want him just for some stability. No, I get that. I get that. Cause, cause right now I think that's also, as you're telling me, part of the problem that there's, it's not stable. Yeah. And I think that that needs to calm down. And, and I think that might be like, we're talking about what's been going on lately. That's going to lead me to ask you about the last match, because I, I was very much surprised by this. So let's, let's talk about this. I saw, you know, and again, I didn't watch it. So maybe you could tell me a little bit about it. I've seen the highlights now since then, but how does it down? Uh, you know, again, I was just a little bit surprised by this result. What were your thoughts about, about this match against against Huddersfield Town? It was – we almost expected it. So there's a thing with Blues where um, we play really well against the good teams and expect to be bad against the lower league – lower down the table teams. Um, yep. And that is exactly what happened. I think from the get-go, Harley Dean gave the ball away and that almost set the tempo for the game – we made so many errors, so many mistakes, and we just didn't do the basics right. And I think it, it that says a lot about how we've been playing. We just haven't been doing the basics right. We haven't. Our midfield almost looked invisible. Um, we had no shape. Um, we were missing Mark Roberts again, who for me is a massive player for us. He is key in our back line being as solid as it can be. Um, and then we had uh, we had Jude in midfield, Crowley, who was actually one of our better players. Uh, but we weren't getting the balls up to Duke and Hogan. And when we did, they were fluffing their chances. Personally, I think our goalkeeper, Lee Camp, was our best player that game because we just... what The goals that went in weren't yep. anything with him, really. They weren't his fault. I mean, he couldn't have done any worse with them. But we just... We weren't good. We were we were bad. We were yep. really bad. And I think I speak for a lot of the fan base when we say we were really disappointed by the performance and the effort shown, really. Okay. The flip side of this is that I watched your match against West Bromwich Albion. Yeah. And I thought you played very well. So it's funny because there's a part of me that it's only natural to look at the last result and say, okay, look at the team that you're playing. But I also remember the team that played against West Bromwich Albion. And I'm thinking, this is going to be a tough match. I know it's going to be a tough match. I know it's not going to be easy. When we, when we played you the first time, it wasn't easy. So let's talk about the difference from that match to this match. We're talking about against Huddersfield town. What did you see? Again, this is the first match out of the, uh, the uh, uh, COVID-19 situation. So, why did it work then? <laughs> I think that what happened was Pep set the team up to play against West Brom. So we went there and we were not going to let them play their own game and we weren't going to play yep. our own game. So we went there and we put two strong players on our left-hand side to combat their right-hand side. So we had Gary Gardner and Wes Harding um, down that left-hand side to stop where their attack was coming from because we know West Brom are lethal at times and yep. we nullified them I think that's probably the best way of putting it Absolutely. We, we weren't excellent we weren't playing our game but we were very good at what we did that day exactly and we went to Effective. not lose <laughs> right 
Right. And, you know, I just remember your goalkeeper stepping up as well. That's why when you talked about him, he was, uh, you know, again, a, a bright light. And it sounds like uh, he was even in the defeat against Huddersfield Town. Okay. All right, Emily, I want to ask you about a player that there's a lot of uh, speculation on. So let's talk <laughs> about him because I have a feeling that, that uh, he's a player that uh, you're going to be missing when, once he goes. Okay, a young player. Tell me about Drew Bellingham and the uh, speculation that he might be going to Borussia Dortmund. So for me, it's absolutely the right move for him. Um, just because of how well Dortmund look after young players and develop them. I mean, look at James totally like fantastic and I was a bit worried when I heard about Man United or Chelsea because personally for me it's just not going to work he's not going to get the game time the development the, the support you want to see him flourish right you exactly, want to see him flourish. yeah, yeah. I don't think he would at those two clubs but we've heard that the deal is close to being done last night it was reported around 21 million euros which I think from the outside looking in is a lot but we now heard it's nearer to 28, which for me, I think wow. is a better price. And I'll explain why. So he's now just 17. Yeah. He's scored, I think, three goals this season. Um, he's been the best player by a country mile on that pitch at 16 years old. Wow. The, he just is head and shoulders above as in mentally, and the way he reads the game so much better than a lot of the people I've seen play in the championship. I can't speak about that. That This young boy, crazy to think that I'm six years older than him and he's done so <laughs> well already and his career is going to be insane. Uh, I'm just, I'm very proud of him and I'm yeah. actually really grateful I've been able to watch the progress because from the first game of the season, he hit the mark and he yeah. was excellent. And I'll never forget the game against Charlton because that, that was just, he was brilliant that day. Um, but to be able to watch his progress and watch him grow as a player and the maturity that he's gained and you can actively see him learning from his mistakes as yeah. the games go on, I think it's it's brilliant. And he's a, he's a local lad, really talented. He's going to go far and... His maturity within himself as how he conducts himself, how he speaks to the younger fans and really like appreciates them. Uh, I think that's something you don't see in football these days. Uh, there's a lot of egos, but actually he really understands what it's like to be a fan as well as a player. Yep. So I think he's going to go far and he'll play for England within the next five years. That's great. And listen, part of me doesn't want him to go to Borussia Dortmund because I want a team like Birmingham City to keep their young players. In this yeah. situation, like you're explaining, I think he's going to the right place. I'm glad that you mentioned not going to Chelsea, Manchester United. I'll tell you a place that I don't want to see any young player go to, and I'm probably – someone's going to rip me for this. I don't <laughs> want to see any young player go to Tottenham Hotspur. And I'll explain because Ryan yeah. <laughs> Trespion, I feel, has been ruined at Tottenham Hotspur. And yeah. I think Ryan Cessnion was on the path to having everything that you could possibly have. He still has all the ability. But it comes down to the decision that you make. Are you going to be able to play? Yeah. And it sounds like to me, and I know Borussia Dortmund. I watch a lot of Bundesliga and this team. He will play. They will give him a chance. If he's good enough, it will. he will grow as a player. So this is the perfect spot. 
Stay away from Manchester United, Chelsea, and of course Tottenham Hotspur. I can't stand them, but that's I could do. I could do a show on that, Emily. I could do a show on Ryan Session and my disdain for Tottenham Hotspur. But since we're talking about Drew Bellingham, I just I ha- I had to scratch that itch. I'm sorry, I had to. <laughs> okay, great. Let's get into this match because again, we want to focus on this match. So we've talked about Birmingham City so far and everything that's going on with them. And this upcoming match, I'm, I just want to start here. Give me key players for you for Birmingham City against Fulham. Who has to play well at Craven Cush? Now, again, we know there's no crowd, so that evens things off a little bit, you know, because you're both playing in the same atmosphere. But it's still, it's still a, you know, I could say it's an intimidating place to play, but who has to step up for your side to get all three points to beat Fulham? I think it's going to have to be a similar setup to how we played against West Brom, almost nullifying Fulham. So for me, Mark Roberts has to come back in. He's our key defender. He's our key centre-back. He has to come back in. We have to get the spine of the team right, I think, against Fulham. So I would definitely have Jude in there. I might bring back Ivan Sonic. Um, and have him in that midfield. I'd probably go with the diamond shape, actually, thinking about it. Um, But our strikers need to step up. I mean, Scott Hogan is electrifying on his day. He just hasn't got back into the flow of it yet since lockdown's been not lifted, but since the restarts happened. Um, And then any chances that Luka Djukovic can get, he needs to convert them because he's had a few that he hasn't converted, um, and that could have put us in a better situation going forward. So I think the spine of the team needs to be our focus and then just put our strongest, as in physically strongest, on the outside. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give you key players for form, but I'm going to put it on on one player because you're talking about the spine. I'm going to put it on Tom Kearney, our captain here. And anyone listening knows that Tom Kearney needs to – step up his game. When Tom Kearney plays well, Fulham play well. And uh, so for for us, it really comes down to Tom Kearney really playing at the top of his game where, I'm being honest, he really hasn't since we've come back. Mm. As uh, Mike Gregg said, one of our co-hosts, he shows up at that level once every three games. So, Emily, for Fulham's sake, maybe this is the game. But we shall, well, we shall see. He is integral to form and, uh, as I said, when he plays well. Because, again, without Alexander Mitrovic, not that Kearney is a goal scorer because he's not, but he's a facilitator and he's someone that, again, needs to get the ball to other players and get everyone involved. I think he's very important in this match. So I'm going to put it on Tom Kearney. I'll also put it on uh, Michael Hector. Michael Hector, uh, our center back who formerly played last season at Sheffield Wednesday. You might remember him, Emily. He <laughs> has had some very good games, and uh, but uh, we need him to be consistent, and uh, he needs to be extremely tough against uh, your striker that I want to say, and I'm not even going to pronounce his name. You already said his name. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe he has scored against us. So, And honestly, Emily, we owe you one. You know we owe you one. <laughs> Okay, I have to say that. We owe you one for two years ago. We owe you one. So, <laughs> but honestly, if I'm being completely honest with you, 
if you don't beat us and say things end up going our way that day, then I don't get to go to England to go see Fulham play in the championship final. So I, I guess in a way, Birmingham City beating Fulham worked out for me personally because I got to see probably what the greatest sporting event I've ever seen in my life was Fulham beating who? Who did they beat? <laughs> who, who, who did they beat, Emily? Who, who did they beat? I don't want to start fights. <laughs> <laughs> they beat Aston Villa. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and... Uh, yeah. I'll just... <laughs> Okay. Okay. Not a problem. Not a problem. But but um, <laughs> but getting back. <laughs> but getting back to Fulham. Seriously, you know, for for me, for me, I I will come back to. I just need the captain to be a captain and really step up. So I just wanted to mention that. Okay, let's get into this. And I want to put put you in the shoe. I, I want you to be the manager for Birmingham City. Can you do that for me? How do does Birmingham <laughs> City win this match? How does your you're the manager? Yeah. Okay. So I would. Do you want my lineup? Yes. Give me your lineup. Cool. Okay. So Lee Camping goal. Then I would have um, Pedersen, Mark Roberts, Jay Clark Salter, and Maxine Collin along the back. I'm trying to go for our strongest team, in my opinion, against Fulham here. So then probably the midfielders where. I would struggle the most because that's where we have our most options. Um, but I'd go with Bellingham, Crowley, Bella, and I think I'm going to go with Sunjic for this game, which okay. is a bit hard from Gardner. Um, but he played really well against Hull, but I would just like to see Sunjic play because I haven't, he hasn't played since the restart because he's been injured. Um, and then our two up front are sort of obvious is Lukas Jukovic and Scott Hogan. Um, yep. And I would just say, play counter-attacking football. Um, just let Fulham do their game. Try and defend, make sure they don't score, and then hit them on the break. Okay, and that's actually a very good strategy. I'm going to share a couple comments with you from some of our listeners and watchers. I should say watchers because they're watching this. <laughs> so, so here's from John Taylor. Now, he spelled the name wrong, but that's okay, John. Thank you for the effort because I would get it wrong too. We need to look after Lukovic. <laughs> he is dangerous. And we've already talked about this. I'm fearful of this player. And uh, you probably have seen him for a long time. I think you would probably agree with me. On his day, he could really do a number on any team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm slightly biased because he is my favorite player. Um, so I think he's brilliant. But when he's on his game, he's the most lethal header of the ball in the championship. Yep. You would almost put money on him scoring nearly every opportunity to head the ball in the back of the net. He's brilliant. He doesn't score many with his feet, but yep. he's that poker. So I think he's brilliant. And the way that he works with Hogan as well, they give each other the opportunities. So those two, when they're on it, they are lethal. And yeah, look out for Duke because he can get yep. you. He can. And that's why I was talking about Michael Hector being key for Fulham in this match. Here's another comment. This comes from a friend of ours in Scotland, Billy Cassidy. Great preview, guys. Good luck for the rest of the season, Emily. After tomorrow, that is. Keep right on. So that thank you, Billy, for that for that comment. That was very nice of you. That's very nice of you to share that. Okay. All right. So let me go back. And so you kind of explained your side, how your side can win the match. Well, how does Fulham win this match? So I'm going to share my view. And Fulham 
and you probably hear this term if you talk to any foam supporter, uh, Emily, Parker ball, foam play Parker ball. Parker ball is not what it was under Yukonovich. We, we have s- several of the same players. It can be slow. It can be deliberate. And it could bore you to death. Now, it can work because it's patient, but it really is trying to win matches 1-0. That's the way it is. If Fulham get up on you, I'm just telling you, he will get even more defensive. And that drives us all nuts because uh, the last 20 minutes of any match, you're basically holding your breath because he'll put on defenders. I think we ended the last match with like seven defenders. It was crazy. So that's what he does. He Think of Scott Parker as a player. So if I'm Scott Parker, I ditch Parker ball, and I play like Yukonovich, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, what Fulham need to do, and they need to be wary of Birmingham City on the break, and of course they need to be wary of your strikers up front, especially, like you said, the headers that are going to be coming to that striker, which I will not name. So <laughs> they need to be wary of the threat, but they also need to take it to your team and not – basically what Fulham need to do is to do everything faster. Everything is very slow, Emily, and that's mm-hmm. been the problem with Fulham is when you watch Fulham, you're going to see them control the ball, sideways passes, and it's going to put you to sleep at times. And then they will strike because they have talented players that will give you those moments of magic. I would rather have it at times. It's just the best word to describe Fulham, Emily, is disjointed. It, it can look good at times, but it just seems like the the defense to the midfield, to the strikers up front or, or striker up front, how he set it, sets it up, it's not all on the same page. So when they get into the final third, it's all disjointed, and it doesn't go anywhere. The best way to describe Fulham would be the road to nowhere because they're going to be passing the ball, but it really is going to be to nowhere. And uh, they depended a lot on on Mitro. The fact that Mitro's not there, it's going to sound strange to you, Emily. I think in a way it's a blessing in disguise because it's going to force other players to step up, like Bobby Decadover-Reed like Anthony Narkart, like Ivan Cavallero. There are talented players that have not been playing to their level, so we need them to step up in this match. But I would say that they need to take it to your team and just be wary of your side on the break. Okay, that's my take on that. All right, we have some more comments. Let's see what the comments are saying. Okay, let's see if we have anything. Let's see. Okay, nothing uh, – Nothing really new to share on the comment section. So, you know what? Uh, and if someone wants to share a prediction of the match, feel free, and I will share that. If you're watching live, please do share that. Because I because I know Emily wants to see the predictions. But I'm <laughs> going to go to you, Emily. And uh, I, don't, I have no idea what your prediction for this match is. So give me your prediction first. It's a really tough one. And it could go either way, I think. Tomorrow could go either way. It could either be like a one 0 Fulham, like you said, yeah. or it could be a two one Blues. It, yep. You never know. If we're on our game and we hit you on the break and we just manage to get those few chances that we can actually take, we could win this because we play better against the better teams. 
However, if we get turned over by by you lot, and and if players like Reed and and Knockout actually turn up, and because they are fantastic players, I mean Fulham yep. have got a fantastic squad. It's a shame, really, for you that they haven't completely gelled and and hit the levels that they should all be playing at because you could be higher up the table because you were the best team that we saw down to the entrance this season. So it could be a 1-0, but I'm going to go 2-1 Blues. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. I certainly understand that. Okay, I'm going to just share another comment from John Taylor who's watching live. This has to do with the phone team. How can Steph Joe not be in the team? What's your thoughts on that? John, it's it's an interesting question because uh, Steph Joe is a player that I have a lot of respect for along with Kevin McDonald. I think Steph Joe has a role. I don't know if it's a starting role, but he should be more involved in Fulham. I think uh, at times what he can offer is uh, valuable and he should be playing more. And uh, that's my only comment. I don't know if I would be starting Steph Joe, but I I definitely would be playing him more than than Parker has. He, he, he should be happy. A, a bigger role. I'm not going to disagree on that. Okay. I'm going to share a prediction. This is from Steve Lydian, who is one of my co-hosts, and actually I met in uh, England when, when I went to the uh, championship final. So he's predicting 2-2. And that sounds like Steve. Steve's a little bit negative. Steve can't predict a full victory. There's no way Steve can predict a full victory. He knows that. So Steve, that's a predictable prediction from you. 2-2. Okay. Now, Emily, you don't know me that well, but I'm an extremely positive person, and Steve's probably rolling his eyes because he knows I'm going to predict a full victory. He knows it because it's just who I am. It's in my DNA. So, okay. So, Emily, I'm going to predict Parker Ball. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say that. 1-0. I'm going 1-0. This is what's going to happen. They're going to score in about the 60th minute. A screamer from Anthony Knockhart. That's going to be my prediction. And then Scott Parker is going to decide to put on as many defenders as possible and bore us all to death and drive us crazy. So that's <laughs> what I'm predicting. Okay. What's happening? I really can't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to – okay. I'm, um, I'm wondering if this person's related to you. Okay. <laughs> so may not be my mother. <laughs> Okay, so Fiona Drakeley is predicting three to one to the Blues. Well, probably my dad sending that comment for my mom. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, well, listen. I'm I'm glad that your family got involved here. I I, I really am. Okay, so before we wrap this up, and listen, I've had a lot of fun talking with you tonight. Just um, tell everyone uh, one more time how they they can follow you on Twitter. The uh, the video series that you do with James and uh, just tell us all about it so that they can they can uh, reach out to you. Cool. So we have a YouTube channel. So if you just search Birmingham Fan TV on YouTube, we come up. So that's how you can find us on there. We also have um, a Twitter, which is just at Birmingham Fan TV. The same at on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page if you would like to join us over there. And then from there, you can find our personal channels as well if you would like to follow us on them also. And my Twitter is just, it's a complicated surname. I know I do apologize. M Drakely, E-M-D-R-A-K-E-L-E-Y. Okay, excellent. And uh, listen, I can't say enough good things about Emily's uh, YouTube channel. Please do 
check it out. It's really good. Uh, I, I, I will say this. I, I said I wasn't going to share this on the show, but Emily, I'm going to share this. If you <laughs> want to get a good night's sleep, watch this episode with this Birmingham male journalist because he actually, I don't know, maybe it was his voice. He, he actually, I had a little bit of insomnia last night. They were talking some good stuff and I just fell asleep. He must have one of those voices. But as I told you, I actually watched myself back on Facebook watch and I fell asleep watching me. So <laughs> who knows? All right. All right, Emily. Listen, I hope you enjoyed yourself tonight uh, joining me and, and, and doing this. I did. I've had a fantastic time. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll force myself back on because it's been great. <laughs> okay. Well, listen. Um, let's wrap this up. And Emily, seriously, best of luck tomorrow. I, I, I always say best of luck. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my very special guest, Emily Drakely, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching Cottage Talk and listening to Cottage Talk. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.